Grace, oh, before you get Grace, turn around if you want to, please. <laughs> Always, yeah. Was, okay. Now, grace, mercy, and peace is yours from the triune God. She has sat outside the synagogue alone for at least a decade, begging. The doctors had long ago ceased making empty promises about cures once they found out she could no longer afford their care. She'd been on the streets of Bethsaida so long, her friends forgot about her or thought she had died. And it was just as well, because if people remembered that she was the one with the unstoppable flow of blood, they'd have driven her away long ago with her ritual impurity. But today, like every day, she sits alone and ignored as people pass by, people who will never know that even by having their feet touch the same ground on which she sat, they too have been made ritually unclean. But today is different because today, Jesus of Nazareth has come to town. She's heard the stories that he casts out demons, stops hurricanes. He is the son of God. She hears excited rumors that he is going to the synagogue leader Jairus' house to heal his sick daughter. The crowds are swelling at the promise of a spectacle and something in her whispers to her. He can make you well, too. It's not just for the rich man's daughter. It's for you. Go now and touch his cloak. She surveys the chaos of the crowd. This is no Red Sea to easily part like Moses. This is a flood of humanity crushing one another in their curiosity and their desperation. This will be a challenge, she thinks. But 12 years of hemorrhaging blood is no cakewalk either. So at this point, she has nothing to lose. And so with little more than a psychotic faith that is only a hair's breadth from despair, she takes a deep breath and plunges in. And at first she makes some headway, but the surge proves too great for her. The waves of bodies pressing together, reeking of sweat and selfishness, choke her senses. Arms push, elbows strike, and she quickly realizes that there is no way forward. Forget about getting his attention, the voice inside her whispers. Just touch his cloak, just the hem of it, and you'll be healed. And then... She's thrown to the ground. Sandaled feet step on her fingers. She's kicked again and again. Between flashes of pain, she recognizes feet. She's seen them all as she sits outside the synagogue, head bowed, begging for alms and assistance. But then the dust fills and burns her eyes, and the voice whispers, Jesus is ahead. He's getting away. She cannot see him on the ground, but she sees the direction the feet are pointing in. And so she chooses the only left option left for her. She crawls. And she crawls. And she crawls, clutching ankle after ankle, pulling herself inch by hellish inch. And yet from down here on the ground, forgotten and unknown, surprisingly, she moves faster than any of those pressing in, unwilling to get down and dirty. Feet. More feet. She sees them covered in dust and warts and deformities and scars. She knows their secrets and their impurities. And then the fringe of Jairus' fancy cloak. 
And then a simple robe, dirty and weathered by the road. These are not feet that she has ever seen in town before. She's seen them all. These are the feet of the one who can make you well, whispers that voice. These are Jesus' feet. And with the last burst of energy she has, she lunges and grasps the hem of his garment. And she feels her world explode in a rush of lightning coursing through her loins. And then like the most refreshing of rains, washing the fire from her, she feels it. Something she hasn't felt for 12 years. The bleeding has stopped. And she is full of power. Terrifying power. And she is afraid. Afraid not merely because she has touched the one called the Son of God. She's afraid because that flow of blood has been replaced by the sensation of electricity coursing through her body. What we would say, like somebody sticking their finger in a socket. She cannot pull her hand back. And suddenly, she's flooded with visions. She sees countless people from countless ages, past and present, yet to come. People like her. Desperate people beaten down into the dust. People used to being ignored. Helpless people whose issue is not necessarily an uncontrollable fluke of biology or blood, but who feel themselves held broken by an uncontrollable flow of appetite or desire, anger, addiction. People who cannot stop spending money. People who cannot stop drinking or who cannot stop looking at strange moving images of naked folks on glowing screens on their tables. She sees desperate people as she cannot let go. She cannot pull back. People crying out to God from the flames of hells of their own choosing and hells that have been chosen for them. She sees women who are denied the right to speak and she sees sick folk who like her have found no doctors to heal them. She sees mothers grieving for children stolen from them by violence in the streets of strange cities. She sees men sitting on couches in dark basements paralyzed by fear and self-loathing. She sees families fleeing their burning houses as fire rains down from mountaintops. She sees Jairus weeping because for all his power and his privilege, the doctors can do no more to heal his daughter than they could do to heal her. And then as she holds his cloak, she sees Jesus crawling, feet around him, kicking him as voices rain down insults. And like her, bleeding uncontrollably in the dust, on his shoulders she sees a cross. And then she sees this Jesus on the cross, screaming out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? For just that moment, fingers charged with the searing force of touching God's very power, she sees what Jesus sees, what he carries with him, what he is headed for, who he really is. And then, a memory. She remembers once as a girl, when she was taken to Jerusalem and witnessed the anointing of a priest in the temple, ointment was poured over his head, and the precious stuff settled down his robes and collected at his feet. And she remembers her father told her that this is where the feet, the feet is where the sweetness of the incense is strongest. And she wonders how she could be the one at the feet of this royal man. How the incense at his feet, his anointing is not with glory, but with suffering. That this man's power is not fine robes, but the healing of the infirmities and the brokenness and the damage of the entire world. And this healing is for her, and she is part of his 
ointment that makes sweet and not impure his feet. And just as suddenly, the vision ceases, and she realizes that the crowd around her has fallen silent because Jesus is speaking. He is wondering who has touched him, and she wonders how did he know, but she knows that he knows. He knows the little touch of intimacy she has stolen there in the dirt and dust amidst the feet of the city. He knows, and his piercing glance at it, the storm of the pressing crowd is stilled. Full of fear and trembling at what she has seen, she knows she cannot hide from this man. And while she is terrified, she knows there's nothing left to do but stand up and tell him the whole truth. He does not look at her with contempt or anger or even embarrassment. He gazes deep into her eyes, and there she sees a faint smile which seems to say, Now you know. Now you're in on it, too. And then he speaks aloud, words she never imagined hearing. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed. Made me well, she thinks. The bleeding already stopped. What does he mean, be healed? She turns to ask those knowing eyes, but someone is telling him that Jairus' daughter is dead, and he's already gone. She stands alone, stunned, until the crowd has moved on. In thinking, she realizes she's almost forgotten the fact that she's no longer bleeding, because a deeper miracle consumes her imagination. Jesus called her daughter. The Son of God called her daughter. That's who she is now. Not bleeding woman, not unknown beggar, daughter of God. Done. End of old story. Beginning of new one. Because God has come near to her, you see. God has come close enough to touch in the dust of the street. God has come near and called her daughter. And while it will not remove her suffering, while it might even plunge her more deeply into the suffering of others, she knows that it will change it. Because somehow being God's daughter is going to change everything. And she knows that being daughter is the beginning and not the end of her healing, of her own healing, and of the healing of everything else, too. Amen.